now entering the flip side. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Flip Side Podcast, where we talk everything upside down and inside out. And today we have a very special guest. I know I say that every single episode, but today we've got Blake Vincent on. I'm extremely excited to have you on, uh, fellow Aquarius. And I believe you're GG33 too, right? Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Okay. So this is how, like, this is pretty much how I meet all my friends is like, we have one of these two traits in common. Hey, like, how did we meet on Twitter? GG33? Okay, cool. That's what's up. <laughs> yeah. Now I feel you. I'm actually a Leo, but like, I just mess with all the Aquarius signs at this point. Oh, you do? Oh my God. Yeah. I love how you're just like, I was, I could have sworn. Wow. <laughs> well, I appreciate the hype for the, the Aqua squad because sometimes we don't get the reputation, you know, the, the best reputation. I don't know why, but you know, it's fine. Oh, you guys should definitely get some recognition for real. Oh, I appreciate that. And I fucking love Leo. So like, here we go. This is just like, <laughs> you know, let's just pump up the two signs here. But Heck yeah, yeah. I, I'm super excited. Of course, uh, besides that, that you're into some really cool spiritual spaces and um, metaphysical spaces, you also do music, which I'm really, really excited to also dive deep with you. And um, because I know your stuff, you've been working so hard on multiple projects right or yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> multiple things <laughs> yeah so I feel that so so for everybody too who's listening what how would you describe yourself Blake Vincent um what's like a nice little introduction from your own words um I'd say multidisciplinary artist author army veteran studio engineer um wear multiple hats uh trader um fitness junkie boxer you name it <laughs> I love that okay very cool that you were once in the army yeah thank you <laughs> yeah I just like whenever I meet people that are in the army I always forget how old I am and I'm like oh yeah there are people you know around my age that they've been in the military and they're out <laughs> you know it's yeah. already they've already served their time which is really cool how was that experience <laughs> Uh, it was one of those experiences I'm glad I did, but I wouldn't go back. <laughs> right, right. I can only imagine. Yeah. 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 I went um starting when I was about 18 and got out at about 24. So it's been about wow. four or five years now. Wow. It's so wild to think about how young we really do go into the army, like 18 to 24. And <laughs> yeah. then looking at where I was at those ages. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah. That's really, really cool. So thank you. So after you were in the army, like, how did you come into this place where you were like, well, you know, I'm kind of done with that. And I feel like being creative, going into music, has it always just been a love or what happened? Um, so, I mean, I got to backtrack to give you some circumstantial information. So uh, I was born and raised in Las Vegas and uh, I was raised by a single mom who is an alcoholic and a poker dealer. So I've just kind of always had like, love it. for lack oh, of a better word. <laughs> Sorry, sorry, not the uh, not the alcoholic, but the poker dealing thing. I'm sorry, I didn't <laughs> say love it for that reason. But uh, I have a, I don't mean to cut you off, but I also um, I dealt poker when I lived in Hong Kong. That's a whole other story. So please continue, though. Ooh. Please continue. <laughs> I want to hear about that, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, so more or less, I've just kind of always had a chip on my shoulder, I guess you could say, where like I didn't have a father there, and um, I learned a lot about just life from just having someone so rough you know where um I've come to terms with uh she passed actually last year in May from cancer 
Awesome. I've been coming to terms uh, in natural sobriety the last couple months that uh, I was actually sexually abused and emotionally neglected. Where yeah. um, bring all that into that energy, more or less, uh, the first probably like decade after I was about 17, 18, I kind of did everything to kind of prove her wrong. Mm -hmm. I had a realization where it was more or less like um, did the army thing just because it was like, well, you can't control me kind of thing. And at the same time, it was like a huge threat in my life growing up from her where eventually it was like uh, I inherited like $50,000 when I was 18 wow. and um, ended up, you know, 18 year old partying, wasting it, doing stupid shit. And uh, yeah, I just kind of found myself at this point of like, I need discipline. I don't know how to find that here in Vegas. And like, I have nowhere to go at a certain level because my uh, mom moved to Ohio. And so it's just like, well, yeah, let me figure out my life. Let me figure out discipline. Let me figure out structure. And so like, I'm grateful for that part of it because of that, because of how structured I am as an individual. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, it was one of those things I got out when I was about 24 and uh, around 2018, if I'm correct. And uh, it was this weird area where I was kind of going like to college as well as working nights at a data center because I uh, worked in the IT field as well as um, did most of my training in the army with uh, IT. Wow. where I more or less kind of was doing a ROTC in college at the same time where I kind of had this moment of like, I hate everything I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Why am I doing this? This doesn't make me happy at all. So yeah. um, I more or less got out of ROTC, but just um, finished my contract with the National Guard. And uh, it was one of those things where it took a couple of years to figure out what I wanted to do. You know what I mean? Where I was just in this uh, like really not healthy place in like 2019, 2020, where I was uh, working for this IT company that did a law firm IT. Mm -hmm. And so I was like traveling nonstop, going to like New York, Portland, New Orleans, you name it. And uh, I eventually just kind of think, like came to this conclusion where I had to move in with my mom because I ended up like losing my job from my own actions of just being too stressed and people pleasing mm -hmm. and understanding that, um, I kind of came to this point of like being like 60, 70 pounds overweight, hadn't worked out in a year. And like, that was unlike me, was, mm -hmm. you know, bizarre. But at the same time, like that was when COVID and pandemic hit where I just kind of had this moment where um, I was actually bradycardic, if you know what that is. Oh, that sounds really familiar. Um, continue though. <laughs> yeah, enlighten me. Uh, yeah, more or less, it's when um, your heart rate and your pulse are so low that your heart can just stop within any moment. Like, it's a step oh. away from a heart attack. Wow. Where, um, I pretty much, yeah, I just had this moment uh, where I kind of came to God, and it was just like, well, you're going to die if you stay here, almost literally. Mm -hmm. So it just kind of, like, dawned on me where I was able to see this, like, difference where I was, uh, I've always been, like, an avid reader. Mm -hmm. I was reading a lot about like psychology and narcissism and manipulation and realizing kind of and unraveling that abuse that I was going through because uh, when I was at my mother's, I ended up reliving it for a couple months. And like, mm -hmm. you know, those old patterns come up and those old behaviors and you're like, who am I? This is not who I am. Mm -hmm. And just kind of realizing like, hey, like I need to get the fuck out of Dodge. Like, it doesn't matter where I go. I just need to figure this out. And yeah. so, um, yeah, March 2021, I ended up moving to Reno and I've been here for about two years since. And the day I moved here, I was like, I'm going to do music. I uh, started actually like as a child doing um, like performance choir oh. and it was supposed to be in a couple bands in uh, like high school, but kind of just like chickened out. And eventually it was like, nah, this is what God's put on my heart that I'm going to do. I don't care if it kills me. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Right, right. So, okay, I I have so many questions (laughs) because this I I relate to a lot of this too, which is cool. Um, But are you self-taught as well with like engineering and, and just during almost like it was a COVID project? you want to do music and you're like, I'm going to teach myself or what happened to lead you down this path. Yeah. I mean, um, more or less like it just kind of transformed that it knowledge where like I did three years of school for it, had like five it certifications, did it for about nine years, just shy of a decade. And was just like, well, I don't hate computers, but I hate solving other people's problems who aren't really grateful. Kind Uh of. Yeah. I see. I see. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, I just started uh, like I was living in my car for about a week or so. And uh, like I said, moved out here to um, Reno and just started freestyling, just started going at it nonstop for like hours. And um, eventually, once I had a little bit more stability, had a place to live. Uh, yeah, I just got like my laptop and just started figuring it out. And um, yeah, it's been like I said, about two years now where uh, my mixing and mastering has grown. <laughs> I love that. Least. No, no. And I feel you because I make music too. It's been quite some time since I've really taken the time to do any music lately, but I remember that whole beginning stage of it and just the, it's almost like the training wheels stage and then taking the training wheels off and learning how to, you know, modulate vocals and, and, yeah, <laughs> do all of that and try to mix and mac- master on your own. And something for me too is like music has always been that thing where for some reason it catches me at like right at 11 p.m. That's when I'll get my inspiration. And before I know it, I'm like, I can't stop, you know? So it, yeah. it's it's really cool to talk to other musicians because there's something about it too, where you really do get that bug. And no matter how much you may kind of want to quit during some of the processes you're like I can't quit like it's bringing me something <laughs> while it's a challenge it's bringing me so much joy in this really yes. inexplicable way so I really like how you brought it all home with like where you came from and and kind of the inspiration of why you found yourself in this creative space which is allowing you I'm sure to release a lot of those feelings and heal a lot of parts of yourself yeah exactly where like uh, my first album um i came out i think last year around july 100 sunkissed nights like even though it's only been a year like even i've had to admit i'm like yeah the recording of that regardless of lyrics and like song choice was terrible <laughs> but like the more you lo- you know you actually have the heart to go and do something like that and the more you're just able to grow from those experiences i wouldn't be where i'm at today right right and i i the reason earlier too i kind of like stop for a second was because I have a whole stack of like narcissism psychology books on the shelf behind me because I don't think that a lot of people understand unless you've been involved in a sort of relationship like that whether it's a parent whether it's a partner a sibling etc people love to discount 
those experiences for others. And uh, Twitter is like a toxic space in general. But when people are like, <laughs> why didn't you just like man up or be an alpha towards this person <laughs> or whatever weird toxic freaking belief that they think is going to like cure narcissism <laughs> you're like no like <laughs> you don't no. understand it's not that you, simple it's not that simple it, and it's so strange because i also had a narcissistic experience and and with that you really do lose your whole entire being and i don't know how to explain it other than with a metaphor or an analogy which is like it is like the frog being boiled in the pot slowly mm, where it doesn't yeah. realize it's being boiled until it die drowns and dies. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's really it. As, as <laughs> terrible as that sounds, but I, I really find people who come out of situations like that. It's, it's really something to admire about yourself too. Like I had to come to terms with that because um, you you do lose yourself and you do ask yourself, how did I get here and why did I allow it? And yeah. it's so something that you can't, you can't reach the bottom of until way later. And I, it's unless you've been through it, like I know that you're understanding this, but for anybody who's listening that doesn't understand what we're talking about, it is the most bizarre and surreal situation that you will ever go through. Because like we were saying, it's like you don't realize it's happening until you're yeah. so deep. Yeah. Yeah. Until it's almost too late where like, imagine like for, I guess the audience, like imagine someone blaming you for their emotions. Everything you yeah. do has to be a reflection of them. If it's not a reflection of them, then you pretty much don't exist. Every yeah. moment you're just kind of on edge because you don't know when they're going to blow up on you or not. Mm -hmm. Every moment you don't know if you're being lied to, or if it's the truth because of how often they manipulate you. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Walking on eggshells. <laughs> I have that book behind me too. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's very, it's one of those things too. When you look at people who do have these personality disorders um, and not to go on a huge tangent with this, but I find it super interesting and, and, you know, there oh, could be somebody who, yeah, there's, there's, <laughs> I'm sure somebody who's listening, who, you know, might be in this kind of situation and they don't know how to get out of it, or they just need some guidance. So maybe this helps, but, um, with it too, it's really strange because when you are somebody who does like psychology or does like people in general, and you like to, you know, please people and make people happy and, and all of those qualities, it's really difficult to believe that somebody who genuinely doesn't care about any other being besides themselves exists. Mm -hmm. Like that 100%. was the weirdest thing is like, oh, wait, like they literally live in a world where nobody else exists. It's very yeah. interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it's mind blowing because like, it kind of showed me that behavior, like you're saying, where like after a certain point, like I was able to do all these things. And like, I realized after so much reflection and meditation and reading that I was just like, well, I'm not these things that I do, but I could literally to this person, like almost part the seven C's and they still be like, well, I didn't do it. So it doesn't matter. And it's like, what? <laughs> like, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You know, we're, it's, it's crazy because like, you know, I've had to like talk to a couple friends after like since, you know, I've been gone for a couple of years and explain these things to them at some level. Yeah. And like, you know, it's it's hard for them to understand like, oh, the person you saw wasn't really me. Like I was pretty mm -hmm. much in like a free state for a lot of years yeah. and just kind of going with whatever was going on because I didn't know how to actually be myself for so many years.
Mm-hmm. Autopilot. But that's so awesome. I'm so happy to see you in this space now where you are coming to know who you are and you're not only in that space of knowing, but you're also being able to create with it, which is really, really beautiful. So I'm proud of you. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) That's awesome. I also need to side note, keep you on retainer as an IT professional. If you have any uh, (laughs) knowledge, because I feel like I always need some like IT help. But anyway, um, (laughs) but with the music going, going back to that, what's something that you're working on right now that you feel a really strong connection to, or you're really excited about that you want to share? Um, so I guess I can like lightly explain my musical journey where like, like I said, I was doing like a bunch of freestyles where I've done over probably about a thousand at this point. I've, I've lost track. And uh, it got to this point where um, I actually wrote a book um, of just poetry um, about the first three months I was here in Reno and I released it uh, last year, the same time my album dropped. Where um, from there, it was kind of this like struggle because like I said, uh, my mother passed away. So I had to like deal with a lot of these identity issues of like, what's mm-hmm. my fault? what's real, what's not, what's shame, what's something I have to grieve, what's something I have to let go of, where I kind of found myself in this place of like, I guess, both sides of the emotional spectrum of like a lot of anger and then a lot of like happiness, which, you know, for a lot of people, it's very hard to understand because it's like, well, I'm not glad that, you know, a certain person like who I really cared about my life passed, but at the same time, like my body can't stop exhaling and just be like, oh, like I'm free at some level. Yeah. You know, where um, I kind of ended up making this second album that I'm actually dropping uh, May 26th called uh, Bear Lake Drive. It was uh, the first street I lived on in Reno where uh, my first album, there was a lot of hate in it. I'm not going to lie. And just a lot of um, just getting it out, I guess, was yeah. like more of the like, important thing, like regardless of like criticisms or anything else. But um, ironically, I ended up getting over like 400,000 streams. I, I couldn't believe it. There you but, go. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know. And, <laughs> and uh, at this point, um, this second album, like I said, it's that weird mixture of like some songs or it's like three or four different genres. Uh, it's, you know, rap, hip hop, pop uh, and country. Ooh. Country song in there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. No, I like this. I like this. I was just having a conversation with somebody the other day. She also does music and she was talking about how with her um a and r and people who want to rep her they always try to put you in one genre in one box and it's yeah. exciting to see new artists come out and be like no we're not going to be put in the box we can make whatever we want to make so i like that yeah where i've actually uh, been attending this twitter space almost religiously called a uh, future surf radio Ooh. where it's just uh like basically an artist collective of just other artists hearing other artists um whatever they want to put out whether it's unreleased released something like from the throwbacks whatever it is where they uh, just recently celebrated their 100 episodes and uh from there i was able to actually get a lot better because i was able to you know grow in a community finally right and uh get better at mixing and mastering you know but uh i actually ended up going to um europe in uh, november for like my Third trip there, second solo trip, and uh, filmed my first music video for uh, one of my singles called uh, Mind Blown Cyclone in Croatia. Nice. And uh, I ended up um, kind of confronting one of my old friends and uh, long story short, it did not go well. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Ooh. And kind of saw that growth of like, I am totally at this different level and oh, you are a narcissist too. Oh my gosh, how did I not see that? Wow. 
where he kind of like lied to me for like several months of just like, oh, this this is good, blah, 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 blah. And then like, didn't have the heart to say anything until we were face to face, like drinking. And it was just oh. like, well, <laughs> like I was actually sober for about a month before I went. <laughs> so I was like, just eye opening. But um, the blessing of that was though, sometimes you need someone to like, you know, kick you in the ass and just tell you the uncomfortable truth. Yeah. You know, where I do wish he was able to be more honest with me, but that's, you know, his own issue. I can't help. Yeah. Where uh, in that, I actually am just uh, wrapping up this uh, third project I'm on that's completely a different direction and a, like a more healed direction, sober, and is uh, a lot more pop, R&B, and just like ballads. It's completely um, just kind of like renewed me, honestly. That's cool. It's like the trilogy of your journey. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, exactly. Like I said, uh, we just finished um, recording it this uh, last Saturday. So it's getting uh, mixed and mastered now. I'm actually, uh, thank, to, uh, thank to God, uh, working with a team now where it's uh, me nice. and three other people and we're all artists and we all have different things to contribute. And uh, yeah, it's the first project I'm doing that's not um, mixed and mastered by myself. So it's super just overwhelmingly grateful, honestly. Right, right. <laughs> it's funny because in music too, you think, and it's, it's not that hard to find the people who you end up meshing with and then you work really well together. But for a while there, you're almost afraid to ask for the help, you know? Yeah. So I love to hear that you like you found your people that, you know, can can hear what you're trying to put out and then master it, you know, and it still yeah. is you. It's still you. Exactly. Where like uh, my girlfriend is also an artist and she's just getting back into it after cool. um, her uh, like sober, I guess, period the last three years and getting away from like, you know, bad images and bad reps and yeah. uh, coming to God as well, as well as a uh, like video editor who just like knock it out and uh, mix and master engineer has been doing it for about 10 years. So he just like nice. overshadows any <laughs> skills I have. <laughs> nice. No, but that's cool. Like, like yeah. able to learn, you know, like, yeah, 10 years of knowledge. That's what's up. But this is so exactly. interesting. This is so interesting too. I have noticed because I kind of like, I didn't pick a day where I was like, I'm going to stop drinking, but <laughs> you, you know, but it just yeah. hasn't been something that has resonated with me for a while now. And so I haven't, I had like a glass of wine on my birthday, but mm. I haven't drank really like a year or so. And wow. it's interesting That's to amazing. hear how, well, thank you. Thank you. But it, yeah, it was, it was almost like unintentional. I just kind of like, I started being like, Ugh, like it's not resonating with me. So it's interesting to hear like how many other people I feel like have gotten into this space where, you know, alcohol used to be such a, a part of either making music too, um, being social in general. And then, mm -hmm. you know, finding all these other creatives who, have not you know everybody's kind of like not drinking anymore it's really interesting and very cool and they're finding god <laughs> yeah it's i resonate it's <laughs> yeah look like, at this um yeah especially coming from vegas like there's such a huge drinking yeah. culture oh yeah you know and uh for me though it was uh mostly weed that was like the biggest problem where like you know for like definitely a couple periods in life like it was kind of like my motivation is to do anything and um, eventually, kind of like you said, like I've been meditating for about four years. Uh, I've like studied Buddha or Buddhism and uh, Hinduism. And eventually just kind of this moment of like, it's God. I don't care like what you name it, what like yeah. label, where uh, I've just been kind of reading the Bible for like a little over a year and a half. I think I'm on like my third time. 
And um, yeah, like through that whole journey, there's been so much pain, but so much beauty in it. You know, where I've definitely had uh, moments with uh, mushrooms as well as acid and just understanding myself at a level of like, every time I took them, I realized I didn't need them at all. Right. Oh my gosh. Yes. I, I keep, I, I keep hearing this too. Like more people who have done psychedelics in the past are like, Oh wait, like I kind of have had the ability to do that by myself, which is interesting. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. And like, to your point of like sobriety, um, it's been almost about two months now where like, you know, cause I've done it before in the past for like putting it down or see if I could try to challenge myself. But this um, last December going into January, it was the first time where I'm like, look, like how many years has it been since you've like actually been sober for a year? And it's like, well, I couldn't answer that, honestly. <laughs> Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. No, so it's just like, well, uh, let's, let's do that. <laughs> that's funny that you said that. I didn't mean to almost cut you off, but when I moved out to LA, this was now almost yeah. seven years ago, but I too had a love for weed. I went to art school, so I was like, <laughs> you know... <laughs> Yeah. And so I remember graduating and then going home for a few months before I got all my bearings straight in LA mm. before I moved. And I was like, oh my God, I don't remember the last time I was completely sober. And I'm not talking about drinking, <laughs> but just like I was high every day. <laughs> like, yeah. Like yeah. every day. <laughs> and I was like, I don't remember what it's like to not be high. That's I feel like that's bad. <laughs> so I did yeah. the same thing <laughs> when I moved to LA. I took a whole year, didn't drink and didn't smoke at all. And then uh, I don't know why I'm telling this story, but it just seems fitting now. But um, then within the year, I, I hit the year and it just happened to line up with LA hitting recreational weed laws. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I was like, oh, nice. And I lived alone. I was like, oh, nice. Like dispensaries are everywhere. I'm going to go pick up a joint. <laughs> so <laughs> I did that. And oh, my goodness, was I so paranoid. Like after yeah. that, I just never touched it again. I was like, well, I now yeah. know <laughs> Like I fulfilled my sobriety <laughs> message because, <laughs> yeah, it was just a wild ride. So that's really cool that yeah. you found that place, too, because, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. it's most things like anytime I, like I said, tried before in the past, I'd always have like headaches or like all these doubts and withdrawals. But like, this is the first time where it was just like, I'm choosing God over anything else. Not, oh, it's for me. Oh, it's for this goal. Oh, it's for like to travel. It's no, like, where mm -hmm. am I as a human being at 29 years old before I turned 30? After okay. all these experiences, this heartbreak, like all these accomplishments, like, I want to know who I am, where I'm happy with me. And like, since then, like I said, I've had zero headaches, zero there doubts. Like, it's just different. There you go. <laughs> like, what, a better, <laughs> what a better way to live life. Like no headaches and no doubt. Because yeah. like, come on, that's like you a know? plague for the human mind, this doubt. <laughs> so. Yeah.
you know, where every now and then, like, I've been learning to just relax with just myself and meditation or reading. And then if, like, I'm really with someone else and kind of want to still have that, like, fit in moment, mm-hmm. I just buy non- non-alcoholic beer or have, like, uh, CBD cigarettes, where it's just, right. like, no one cares as long as you're doing something. They don't care if you're high or drunk or not. You know, yeah. it's just, like, that participation. That that was what got me. That was what I realized was my entire reason for doing it in the first place was because, mm-hmm. and I think you can probably relate to this. Tell me if I'm wrong. Just being a creative person in general, like people call it ADD, whatever, but it's like, we want to be moving around, like looking at things, touching things, yeah. uh, whatever. <laughs> like, I'm 100% pers- <laughs> Yeah. And so I'm like, I realized that I could never calm down in social settings unless I was doing that because it was just, it was making my idleness, you know, I I was, it was taking the idleness out of the situation. Did I necessarily even want to get drunk in those situations? No. Like, yeah, (laughs) but it's so interesting when you do find yourself, like you're saying, I think this is a really powerful message. Like you don't understand for so long that you don't know yourself. Yeah. How weird. Yeah, it's the it's the strangest thing because like for so long, like you live in this like story, you tell yourself this almost like fog of just like, well, I know who I am and nobody can tell me this or otherwise I'm gonna be upset. And it's like, well, why are you upset? And then once you unravel that, that's a whole different rabbit hole, you know, and like, yeah, it it takes some time with yourself. It takes some time doing some shadow work. It takes time in nature. It takes time trying different things and seeing what you really like. Ooh, so question about that. What is something that you found you really like along this healing journey that helped you a lot? So um, for me, it was actually boxing. I never thought I would be that type of person. But then like, for me, like uh, I started working out when I was 18. Like before then I was never into sports really. Like I did skateboard and orbit as a kid, but I like gave them up pretty quickly whenever other people were around. But um, I've been working out, like I said, more or less like a decade, had that like one odd year with uh covid but um around like august of last year i just kind of found myself in this moment of like i need to set goals i don't care what it is i need to try something new and get out of this like grieving funk Mm -hmm. you know where i'm just not helping myself i'm not helping anyone and like thank god i was able to have the time to grieve but at the same time like i need to do something like sitting here on my couch or my bed isn't gonna make my these thoughts go away where um yeah fast forward to now it's been almost about seven months of like doing it where i actually uh worked with like um several amateur and professional trainers and just kind of uh committed to it for like the first like four or five months at like one gym just went like three to five days a week depending on the week and um just learned learned the basics learned to spar learned everything that i could possibly get my hands on with it and um it just really gave me back my confidence is kind of what I found in it where it's yeah. kind of actually the opposite of people think of like oh you got hands bro let's see what you got it's completely <laughs> not that it's more so like how do I understand how to give you grace now that I can see that you're coming from a place of pain mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about defending myself anymore I know I can defend myself and I trust that in confidence not pride and getting to this point of like well yeah, how can I give other people grace when I've just been given so much grace and give that in return? I love that mic drop because seriously, <laughs> a, a thing too. I, so I started kickboxing a bit um, actually when I was going through my like narcissistic situation. Um, mm. And I also didn't realize how healing it was because, you know, you're getting, you're getting things moved out of your subconscious yeah. that you don't even realize are there. 
And yeah. um, I like how you're talking about the grace aspect of it, because when I think about martial arts and I haven't tried karate or jujitsu or anything like that, but I've always wanted to. And mm-hmm. I feel like even no, you know, not knowing anything really about those yeah. sports, you can see how graceful it is and how, you know, that is the whole premise behind it is to be stealth. Like you have the power within you, but you don't always have to use it. And that, yeah. so I love how you just said that. It's so profound. Like it changes everything. It really does because then you can just see people in a different light of like how scared they are. And it really becomes from this area of whatever, you know, trauma they went through as well, because we're human. Everybody's gone through pain. Nobody's different in that and how it feels, even if your story's different. Or once you can understand that for yourself and detach yourself from that story, you just kind of come to this place of peace of like, well, why would I want to hurt you? You're already hurting yourself. I don't have to do Mm -hmm. anything, you know, and just understand someone and give them the grace that they already want and know that they need, but it's all that work you still can't do and only they can do it. But at the same time, giving them that grace is just one step closer to them having that question asked in their own brain of like, hey, well, what am I doing wrong? Why am I acting like this? Why is he so nice to me, even though I treated him poorly? And it's like, well, it's not about me. Honestly, it's about survival and understanding that it's okay to be yourself, no matter who says what, not because you want to fight about it or debate, but because we all are going to live our lives of I can only care about me at a certain level that someone else will never understand. But instead of trying to impose my will on people or being afraid of myself, it's understanding how to love yourself at a real genuine level that only comes from suffering, honestly. Yep. (laughs) That is (laughs) honestly, I love everything that you just said, because I think to you, you're kind of, everything that you've been through it's it's interesting because it's the stories that you're telling with the things that are helping you Mm. it it all correlates with each other you know it's like giving that grace when somebody else is punching you giving that like metaphorically or physically yeah (laughs) and yeah and um you know just being able to like that really is something that a lot of people cannot do and i didn't think i could do it either for years was actually tune out the noise of everybody else's comments yeah so it's... like i just love what you said it was it was kind of like i just had like a church moment so yeah <laughs> awesome cuz like beautiful it it's just so easy to like get caught up in what you're thinking honestly. And like, you know, the way I've kind of understood it is like psychedelics do give you that like kind of peek behind the curtain of what like your end goal may be, whether it's like through ego death or through realizations. But at the end of the day, what really counts is slow, gradual change. And it takes years. It's not something that can happen overnight. And that's why people get so overwhelmed because they think they have to get to this goal first when really the journey's what makes it beautiful that nobody can take away what you've gone through and what you continue to grow in. Yeah. Facts, facts. And a lot of people want to stay in, or they kind of lose themselves in the process, even though they might've been the victim in the first place, then it becomes like they kind of get stuck and then therefore they're continuing a a bad pattern. Like that can unfortunately happen too. So it takes a lot of strength to come out of something like that. 
Yeah, because I mean, you're not wrong. Like there was a period for like a couple years, probably from like 2020 to 2021, where I was just mad. And like, it's that emotional backlash from all those years of like, holding it in, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And it just takes so much kindness with yourself to say, hey, I'm a human being. Even if I'm moving forward, that's not going to look like a straight upward path. There's going to be zigzags. There's going to be horizontal, just moments on a plateau. There's going to be so much emotion that you have to feel and understand instead of like, well, I felt this. I'm done with it now. Uh, What's next? And it's like, well, are you though? Really though? And just realizing that you're not going to revisit something once or twice or 10 times. It takes hundreds of thousands of interactions with your own self to give yourself that grace and to feel your feelings and to say, hey, some days I'm sad and that's okay to feel sad. I still got to do things, but not repress how I'm feeling to do things anymore. Right. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I definitely want to ask you this question because I feel like it was something that I had to go through. I think we all go through it, but we just don't talk about it that much. Um, Guilt when you are going down this process. And because I like what you said, because I was always that perfectionist where when I felt like I had overcome something and then those emotions came back, it Mm. was that feeling of guilt came in. And I'm glad that I've worked past that now, but I remember that being such a strong emotion in the process. So I didn't know if like you experienced that. And if you did, what was something that helped you work through that? And how did you kind of transmute that guilt into a more positive feeling? Well, to your point, uh, there was a period where like, I felt responsible for everyone, I guess. Oh, like, probably, me like, too. 2019. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. where it was just like, I'm such a terrible person. How did I do this and that? Like, like they had no responsibility for themselves. And <laughs> it was so yeah. silly looking back, but like you had to kind of go through that yeah. to see that like, hey, after a certain point of time and time again, effort and just trial and error, you see that, well, did I raise that person? No. Do I understand their pain? No. Can I compare their pain to mine? I could, but it'd be really silly. Mm-hmm. And kind of getting to this point of understanding that a lot of those emotions become silly if you kind of boil them out, you know, where it's like, well, I hurt this person. Well, did you really? It takes two people to be in a relationship or a friendship or anything. What did they do? And just kind of taking those moments of like shadow work and meditation and reflect on both the gratitude you had with any person and also why you felt responsible. And for me, at least, it kind of came to this point of, I think we were kind of talking about earlier, of like people pleasing of like, well, Mm -hmm. I see what's wrong with you, but I kind of had to be a parent for my own parent. So I assumed for a lot of years that I had to be your parent in some subconscious level, even though I never could you know, verbally admit that and kind of come to this place of like, well, why am I criticizing you for the things I'm not doing? Why am I jealous of you for the things that I'm doing? Like, why do I pretend to put on this mask to like show you that I'm better than you when really that person actually was threatened already by who I am and who I was at the core of myself anyway. And that was just joy. I always had and kind of coming back to that point of understanding that joy is infinite it's always there it's whether you choose to believe it's there or not or if you're stuck in this mindset of I should do this I would do this I could do this I need to do this you don't need to do anything at all that doesn't mean there's not time to do things but what you're trying to say is I want to not feel the pain of this moment so I can get to the next moment in my head that I idealize 
that will make me feel better now, which is just a lie. It's just an idea. And at that point, you get to this level with yourself where it's like, well, instead of worrying about all that, why don't I just be present? Sometimes there are uncomfortable emotions and sometimes that's painful to remember. But at the same time, focusing on that gratitude to say, hey, I love that person with the best I could at that moment. Mm -hmm. I was human. I make mistakes. I did then and I will now, but I want to grow from those. I want to learn from those and I want to heal the brokenness that wasn't my fault to begin with. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters and what do I even say other than hey? (sighs) Well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Right. Oh, my goodness. I feel like I'm at church right now. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Because this is is so powerful. It really is like, and I've said this so many times, I don't even know if it's been on this podcast, but when I talk to people every week, the one thing that has been so amazing to see is how cumulative all of our experiences are. You know, people talk about collective consciousness all the time, but it is just Mm -hmm. so, it's so cool for a lack of a better term, how much we all really can relate with each other as human beings in general. And something that you've experienced. I didn't experience it exactly, but I can resonate with you. I can have empathy with you. And then somebody who I don't know what they went through, but I can still have empathy from whatever experiences I've been through. And so it's just, it's just so, it's beautiful. It's really beautiful to hear all this. So. Heck yeah. Thank you. Yeah. For bringing it up. I didn't even expect me to (laughs) explain it that way. (laughs) No, but this is, this is what the beauty of like, this happens is because we always start on one topic it's like oh yeah music and then it always leads to something else that's at the core and that's also beautiful it's it's like little layers of you know pulling back the onion like what's behind the music what's behind the artwork that you're making like (laughs) you know it's it's all it's not all surface level nothing is surface level and that's what's so cool yeah Exactly. Because like the more layers you pull back, the more you realize sometimes it's okay to have the layers go back on. Sometimes you might get to the core of yourself and realize that it's okay to have the other layers back and you slowly get into this place of healing of being a full person where like when you stand in someone's presence, you can just tell like there's something powerful about them at like a spiritual level. And at that point, it's not about oh, how did you feel this way? Or like, how did you make me feel this way? It's about just giving that grace over and over and over and taking yourself out of the equation. Right. Okay. I feel like you've given so much good advice, but for anybody who's listening where you feel like, you know, you found yourself in this journey of making music and you're really getting to know yourself on a daily basis, like what's one piece overall that maybe you mentioned, maybe you haven't yet that you would recommend for anybody who's kind of at that precipice of like struggling right now, you know, and they Mm. want to make change. Like what would be a good Mm. first step for anybody who is lost? 
I would say it's it's kind of cliche, but um, write how you feel on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. Like try that for like a couple months where like, at least for me back in 2019, that's how I kind of broke through that narcissism cycle because like, it was very hard to just like read this information, but not apply it. Mm -hmm. And then after a certain point, like I'm like journaling for about about three or four months, like 60, 70 pages of just like stuff no one's going to read, just me. And seeing how much like I tell myself these stories, how much I know I'm at fault, but I don't want to admit I'm at fault because mm -hmm. I have to be responsible for what I'm feeling mm -hmm. and kind of understand that, hey, it's okay that you're going to catch yourself in a loophole. You're going to catch yeah. yourself being hypocritical because yeah. you're human, you know, but I think it's really empowering just because you can come back to it at any point, either to revisit what you wrote or if you're even feeling bad again, like go through it. You yeah. know, where um, when I was grieving, I'd start writing in just that way again, just little like diary entries, I guess you could say. And it kind of really helped me understand like how to express those emotions to people I couldn't express them to anymore. Like, hey, if I could write a letter to my like mom or my dad or my uncle or like anyone, like what would I really say? Not just what am I thinking that goes in a loop yeah. and just get it out of your head. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Because I noticed that, uh, well, I can assume by the, this conversation already <laughs> that both of us are thinkers and we tend to live in our minds. So yeah. um, one of the most <laughs> powerful things ever is just to get it out. Like you said, yeah, that's been yeah. really great for me. <laughs> just get it out. Even if you're having a conversation with yourself. <laughs> yeah. Too, you know. like, but yeah, I like the journaling too, because then you can always refer back, which is, which is awesome. And responsibility is huge. I'm glad that you said yeah. that as a reminder, because I think our egos never want to take responsibility for whatever we've no. allowed ourselves to get to. <laughs> yeah. There's a big one for people. It's, so. it's again, human, you know, because yeah. like if it's an equation that doesn't solve itself and yeah. it's one of those things, even for, um, you know, my upbringing where my dad wasn't around, like even writing a letter to him, like I had to realize like how much I really cared he wasn't around and seeing, oh, that's why I've been so mad at you. Oh, I actually wanted your respect. I actually wanted mm -hmm. to be challenged. I wanted someone to show me what a man's supposed to be like instead of trying to go and like figure it out myself and kind of stumble in the dark. Yeah. But at the same time, that curse turned into a blessing to understand how to help others navigate in their darkness too. Yeah. Oh. I love that. I love this. So for everybody, because we're hitting our hour mark, which is wild, I feel like it's been <laughs> 10 minutes. Um, but for everybody who wants to listen to your music, where can they find you? And do you have a date of when these new projects are going to come out? Of course, no pressure, but you know. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, um, you can stream almost, yeah, you can stream all my music on uh, Spotify or Apple Music if you search up uh, Blake Vincent. I'm also on uh, OpenSea and Glass for NFTs. Um, I just put out like a new lyric video this last Friday for uh, my latest single, Misfit Island. Uh, my next single drops March 31st called uh, Don't Look Back. It's kind of a ballad slash like acoustic love song. And then uh, my overall album drops May 26th. Uh, for me, it's kind of a special date where it's about a year after my mother's passing the day before. So it was like, well, I kind of had this whole argument with myself of like, well, this third project's so good, but like, if I don't have people see the journey of the second project, does it matter? And it's like, yeah. well, I'm gonna put it out anyway then. Yeah. So um, at that point, I'm looking at for this third project, uh, probably somewhere mid to like late November. Nice, 
Nice. So we've got a whole year of Blake Vincent coming up. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Pretty much. I love it. That's amazing. That's amazing. So Spotify and Apple Music, you can find Blake Vincent there. Um, also, too, on Twitter, I believe you're Blake Vincent dot yep. Ethereum. Uh, so it's at Blake Vincent two three, or you can look up uh, Blake Vincent dot ETH. Yeah. All right. Love it. Oh my gosh. ETH. Uh, let's see the, let's see the upswing Ethereum. Let's go. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> speaking of crypto over here. Yeah. Speaking of crypto, I'm just like, I've just been sitting on that. Just I'm, I'm waiting. I'm positive about it. I'm optimistic. So yeah. Me too, because like the future, like if you look at like just how the internet started, it took 50 years for the internet to really catch on. Wait, you know 50? I mean? 50. Like the internet's been around at some way, shape, or form since the 50s, since the military had it. <gasps> where like it didn't take until the 2000s for it to blow up like it did. So like if you look at NFTs and like crypto, it's only been 20-ish years at most if you're going to be like super critical about it. We have time. We're early at a lot of stages. Dang. They had the internet in the fifties. Yeah. <sighs> now, like we know it now, but a version. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, they did. That's right. Wow. <laughs> All right. So pretty much this entire episode is like a metaphor of growth. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, so everything is, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect right here and now it's all a special journey to get to where it's going and it's never truly done absolutely i love that <laughs> well blake vincent <laughs> thank you so much this has been such a joy i've always wanted to talk to you because i know that we've been like mutual friends or you know like internet friends for a while now and it's yeah. really cool to see you know your real face well at least your <laughs> your virtual face but you know, you in person kind of and, and get to have a conversation with you because I know that we're in similar spaces and it's always fun to see, you know, pick people's brains that we, we found each other in the same interest group. So, yeah, this is exciting. Heck yeah. Yeah. And just even to see you grow like throughout your podcast and your music and just your journey, too. It's amazing. My heartstrings, man. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> that. This is definitely this is one of those projects where I never expected anything from it except like joy and it's you know ask my quote-unquote silly little questions about the universe and <laughs> I'm so happy like it's just brought me so much joy and I'm very excited that people seem to be enjoying it enjoying it as well so I I'm very grateful to have you on the flip side today so thank you again for Absolutely. coming on no problem it's always a pleasure all right. Well, you can come on back anytime. Next time you got a project coming out, definitely drop by on the flip side. Let us know uh, what you're working on. And for everybody, again, you can go check out his music on Apple Music or Spotify, Blake Vincent. So everybody, thank you again for coming on to the flip side. Bye. <laughs>